Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Loud Outdoors. On the mic with you, it's Saturday. It's story time with Buster. Chapter 6 of A White Stone, written by my friend Jim Corbett, uh, met in Durango, Colorado. Remember where we left off last week as Tom has taken Train home to the inner city uh, and they're entering into Train's place of residence. We're going to pick it up to begin chapter 6, as always, with From Our Father's Heart. Your carnal mind cannot begin to understand what I have planned for you. I call you, my children, that you can understand. When my glory is manifested, my word says you will be as I am. 1 John 3, 2. If you could only believe, if you would only come close enough that I might express myself to you. Your eyes are big towards what is happening around you. In your disloyalty, the world is powerful. In your obedience, you can see a little more of my perspective. There is nothing too hard for me. There is nothing to fear if you choose intimacy with me over activity in the flesh. My plans for you, who are who you are now and what you shall become, do not depend on the world and its ways. They are not changed by loud voices. Understand, I do not change. I do not waver. I do not fail. My word is true and at work even now in the den of life. To see my purpose... You must turn to me. I don't mean for you to pray about things. I ask you to come to be changed. I am not interested in what you do as much as I am interested in who you are becoming. How can old things pass away if you remain in them? You are no longer part of this world. Separate yourself from it, for it is soon passing away. Only my word, my ways will remain. Come to me now. I love you. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. We'll talk tomorrow, Train said. Tonight, I need to pray by myself. With that, he moved to the main entrance landing through the unlocked, broken hinged door long ago needed paint to stop it from cracking and decaying. Tom had moved so close to train that he almost stumbled when his big friend moved. Feeling very much like a frightened child clinging to his parent, Tom walked in unison with train. I live on the sixth floor, train said, halfway up the first flight of the first two steps at a time, climbing into that location. Tom's mind was numbed and racing at the same time. What am I doing here again? How did I even get here? I I don't know if I should be frightened or excited. The pungent smell, dark stairways lit only by a single bulb where where there was one. The humid, neglected atmosphere all foreign to Tom's world of clean, new and bright invaded his consciousness in unwelcome bursts as he followed his companion, now his only visible, visible security. Down a dark corridor, past voices unmuffled by the thin walls, on every level, seemingly from every door, voices, most of them angry and argumentative, could be heard. The closer they came to the sixth floor, however, the noise was less noticeable to Tom. In fact, Tom became aware of the absence of the noise heard on the landings of the preceding floors. As they walked past apartment doors toward what Tom perceived was Train's apartment, a noticeable peace began to envelop them. We're here, Tom heard as the key entered the lock on the door number 608. From the doorway, the entire single room Train called home was visible. Stark, old, repaired and poor, flashed through Tom's mind as the two men entered. Scrubbed, polished, clean, neat, and peaceful, 
A refreshing, almost restoring sense surrounded Tom. Compared to the invasion of sights and sounds in the past few moments, Tom continued in further as Train opened the windows to let the cooling night air. I need to know why you've brought me here, Tom said, as he moved to the single threadbare overstuffed chair offered to him. Train pulled a kitchen chair directly in front of Tom. Thoughtfully, he sat and looked at his friend, his massive frame leaning toward Tom, elbows on his knees, hands folded, attentive in friendship. Tom, he started slowly. I'm sorry for doing this without explaining, but things were happening so fast inside of me at your church that I just needed to get some sp- get some place familiar to pray and to think. I think it was right to ask you here, and I ask you to kind of trust me on that. Kind of trust him, Tom thought, trying to imagine the foolishness of leaving this room, walking down the hall by himself, down the stairs, and then outside in this neighborhood, not to mention trying to get past those gorillas who voluntarily impounded his car. Even in the car, if he made it that far, what chance would he have to make it out of the neighborhood without Train's protection? I'll say I'll kind of trust him. Tom was in Train's world now, a world that physically may have been only 20 or 30 miles from Tom's, but it might as well have been on the moon. All that Tom had ever been taught, valued, and sought after meant nothing here. He was totally dependent on Train to simply survive. Outwardly, at least, Train seemed to do a whole lot better his first few moments in Tom's world than Tom was doing in his. He mused as he reflected on Train's visit to his office. Could that have been only four days ago? Lord, Tom thought, when you start to change someone's life, you don't mess around, do you? Train's voice brought Tom's mind back into focus. When I came to see you, he continued, I just thought I was going to say thank you. I thought maybe we'd have a meal together and then I'd come home. I didn't know that my father wanted me to learn so much. See, I ain't never been out of the neighborhood before. I didn't know what it was like. I ain't never met people like you before, so I gotta pray. I gotta set some stuff straight in my head and and in my heart. I don't think it would be good or be too good to talk to too much now before I go pray. I do know you got to see my world, and I think Jesus wants to learn you, learn you some things. So you and me, let's uh, let's pray, okay? Then you can rest, and I can go be with my father. With that, he started. Father, it's me, Train. Help us to learn what you want. Protect us. Protect Tom's family from worry. We love you, and thank you. Amen. Tom, not used to such short, direct prayers, was startled that the prayer time was already over. The thought of some spiritual people in his church would, who said longer meal prayers than this flashed through his mind. Train put his big hand on Tom's shoulder as he got up. Tom knew that he needed not argue or continue to ask questions. Silently, he watched as Train walked toward the door. After opening the door, Train turned around. Tom, you'll be okay if you stay in here, he began. I'll be on the roof. It's quiet up there, and I've built a spare room to get away. He turned to close the door, but at the last minute he opened it again. I'll have someone get a hold of Sally, okay? Just to tell her what's going on. With that, he closed the door. Tom sat for a moment just looking at the door as he heard the key beginning being inserted into the lock. He could hear Train walk all the way down the hall to the stairs. What is this all about? Tom said quietly to his lord. For what possible reason could you have brought me here again? he continued. As he moved over to the window and looked down at the street for several minutes, maybe even longer, 
Tom watched the beehive of activity below him. People, he thought. So many people that I never really knew existed. People surviving on nothing. Many hopeless beyond imagination. But each one you loved by you. Lord, what does it all mean? Tom moved to the bathroom to clean up as best he could before going to sleep. It was small and stark with a toilet, wall-hung sink, and a medicine cabinet. A single bare bulb light with a pull chain was the only source of illumination. As Tom dried his hands and placed the towel on the hook on the wall, he noticed the old, old bathtub behind the shower curtain. It was one of those that had the legs and feet like tiger's feet, holding a ball of some sort. Even though it was old, somehow it seemed in very good shape. I know some people who would pay good money for that thing, he said quietly to no one. He laughed to himself at the irony of that statement. Hidden value in the midst of poverty, he continued. Isn't that a lot like those people on the street? Tom took a blanket from Train's bed and laid on it on the couch where he had decided to sleep. He laid his shirt and pants on one of the kitchen chairs and placed his shoes neatly on the floor underneath it. After sitting on the couch for a few moments thinking about nothing, everything, Tom laid back and pulled the warm blanket over him. The peace that could only have been the presence of the Holy Spirit allowed Tom to fall asleep into a restful, restful sleep. The din of street activity, the quarrels, the screaming tires, sirens, and occasional loud noise that Tom would not admit might be gunfire sounds so unfamiliar to him seemed to not really involve him at this time. What should have been fearful and definitely would have been at some time or other was denied an audience with Tom as the Lord held him through the night. Okay, we're going to stop right there. What an incredible journey we're on. Uh, Can you imagine finding yourself in this place where Tom is? Someone who's obviously um, from an inner um, or or a a culture that knows nothing of the inner city, nothing of the at-risk, nothing of the challenges faced by those who live in such places. Obviously, Tom's from a world where he's pretty well got it all. Some of it's been handed to him. He's earned some. But look at what's happening here as he begins to see the unraveling of, of the world that God wants him to see at this time. Again, I hope you're finding the thrill of this book as I am. I'm going to take this slow. I want us to chew this up. I want us to really understand what it is that we're seeing in the midst of these things. Uh, Tom's in a whole new world today, and he's learning things. Train, uh, someone who has no idea what it's like to live in Tom's world, yet is seeing things in a new light as God begins to open his eyes as well. The two are going to merge. It's going to get good. Bear with me on this. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for following along on our podcast, uh, listening to our presentations. Thank you for your financial support, your prayer support. Rhonda and I love you. We're praying for you. We're praying that God stirs your heart to a new place as you too become an understanding of what it is to have a white stone. Amen. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.